Tigers will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 392 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going very well, Andrew Ferguson. How are you today? Not too bad. See what, I'm wondering who this um this amazing guest you've got coming on. I'm hoping it's not one of the uh one of the fucking staff in the cage you've got there. No, <laughs> they're not talent. We tell them every day. We got a, a separate uh, entrance that they come in and above it. It always says, "You are not the talent." Eyes down. Um, so yeah, it's none of them. It, I was mainly talking about myself. Oh, that well, that, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, you got to you got to pump yourself up, you know. Yeah, so long as it's one of us, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, how you been? I've been good. I've been really good. Been uh, this is now my third straight day of podcasting, so I'm definitely fully into the swing of things. Um, and I've been looking forward to this episode, and I can't wait to get to some of the subjects we're going to talk about after we have done a preview of the upcoming round of NRL games. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Palmerbet. And as always, people always make sure to remember to gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Yes. Alrighty. Um, all right, let's get into it. First game up on Thursday is the Knights versus Manly. So the Knights are slight favourites, and we'll tell you why soon. So the Knights are at $1.80 while in the head-to-head, while the Manly Seagulls are at $2. Uh, the handicap betting, they're given one and a half point start to Manly at $1.90. So obviously the the uh, Knights have the 1.5 point handicap and they're still at $1.90. So there's not much movement there. No, not really. Um, and obviously the big reason why um, the Knights are favourites here is Jake Trevojevic is out injured. Jake? Is it Jake? No, it's the other one. It's Tom. It's the good Tom. one. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's Tom. Yeah, that's right. I was looking at Jake's name and the team was going, oh, Jake Trebojevic. There's no, <laughs> no. other Trebojevic. He's the only one in the team list. Oh, that's all right. He's the, the good, one that's fit. The good one is out. He's got, he had uh, minor knee surgery. It's probably meniscus tear or something. I don't yeah. know. When, when the Trebojevic's were born, Jake got all the good joints. And Tom got all the shit that was left over on the floor. It was pretty much like the movie Twins. Um, <laughs> if I was you've ever say, seen. I was Jake got all the, all the, Functioning body parts, and Tom got all the talent. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I always saw Danny DeVito as the more talented one anyway. Um, but maybe that's what we should start talking, calling them <laughs> Arnie and Danny. <laughs> that's better than Turbo. Yeah, true, true. Uh, yeah, he's out. So obviously that's been a big change to the markets for this game. And I... You know, before I found out he was out, I was like, oh, yeah, Manly, that's an easy tip. But i got to say, I'm probably going to tip the Knights now. And what I should do is go to our tipping competition on the NRL website and make sure that I put that in. There's an idea. I should do that too. Watch me not do it. Um, <laughs> i tell you what, though. I think it's foolish 
mm-hmm. to write Manly off because I think the biggest and most impressive part about Manly's game, and especially in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. was DC's kicking game. He didn't need Tom Trebojevic for any of that. That's true. That's true. And look, Tom Trebojevic has been that the NRL teams have worked out how to shut him down too. Yeah. So. I, I would have liked to have seen um, his brother Ben come into the team. Yeah, but, that would uh, have been handy. Yeah, but they've not gone with that. They've also got Brad Parker on the extended bench, so I wouldn't be surprised if he comes into the side. Mm-hmm. Um, George Tafua is also on the extended bench, as is uh, their only recruit, Ethan Bullimore. Yeah, they're not very good at recruiting players, hey? No. But the, the good news is they re-signed... Um, DCE for another, I think it was a two-year contract extension. That they well, they haven't done it officially, but he's pretty close to it. So um, it'd be funny if he backflipped on it, though. Hey, <laughs> it'd be funny if he decided to do a um, a swap with no uh, Luke Brooks because they both got about the same money. <laughs> I, when I saw, okay, we'll get to that later on. We'll get to that <laughs> later on. We will. Um, the the Knights, I'll tell you what, the one thing that's, that's worrying me about the Knights mm-hmm. is their forwards. They've really? got They've got very good forwards, mm-hmm. but they seem to be doing only the very basics. Yeah, there's not much variety in their play, is there? No, and it's 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 meaning that the, the halves are not getting as many opportunities as they probably should behind that pack mm-hmm. to lay a good platform and get a good you know, back-to-back sets and build some pressure off the back of it. They've not been able to get any of that going on. Um, So I'd like to see their forwards just hit the line a bit harder, try and push through the advantage line a little bit more and get the defence on the back foot because I think that Manly pack can be pushed back, especially by this Knights one. They've got a big pack compared to Manly's one for this game. Yeah. I'd like to see their forwards stand up and push them back a bit. I think the other thing about the Knights forwards is that there's not too many players in there that you look at and say, well, they've got a little bit of ball playing skill. They're all pretty, you know, pretty basic forwards in their team. That's who they've recruited. So, and that can work, but you would like it to be working off the back of a really good dummy half. And of course their dummy half is out for the year. So that's a problem for them. But um, look, if they can tear in like they did against the Roosters a few weeks ago, I think they should win it. There's no reason why they can't. I'll say that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting, interesting contest. I don't think it's going to be um, a, a blowout score the way, though. I think it's going to be pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it'll be that way. I would love to see a fight in this game. Wouldn't you just love to see, like, because this is this could really easily be, like, just another game of football this season that everyone forgets about. Or if they go out and they start fighting, we could be talking about this game for the rest of the year. And well, the only person who's going to have a fight in that team is Dylan Walker because he just gets fired up over little things. Was Dylan Walker in the... Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the bench. Hey, oh, okay, because I thought he was He's injured. on the bench. Because okay. I was worried just... that he was going to be out of the... Oh, he was going to be out and at home for an extended period of time. That would have been no. terrible. So, no, he, he's on the bench, mate. But um, I think the one thing that, that upsets Dylan Walker about playing rugby league is you can't you can't rage quit. That's true. That's we'll true. Um, so, yeah, I'm going for Manly there. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, going bold. 
I'm going to go, I'm going to change what I thought a few days ago. I'm going to go for the Knights. Sorry. Uh, it's just supposed to be clear, I guess. Um, Tolatau Kula will be fullback and uh, Christian Tui Palutu will be coming in at centre um, for the Knights next to no changes. Uh, you know, Frizzell just, had a bit of a sore hamstring, but he looks like he's been cleared. Oh, that's good. Uh, just on Saab for Manly, he started the season off and everyone was like, oh, he's been fucking garbage for them since. He needs but to lift his game. But he's so fast, the gazelle. Isn't that I what they're calling him? Is it the gazelle? Oh, probably. Who knows? <laughs> There's only so many names they give to... They name them after animals. Yeah. I'm waiting for one of them to be named after a hermit. I was going to say, like I was going to say, like name one after a car, like a Mustang, but a Mustang's a fucking horse. So, yeah. <laughs> what's the, <laughs> just a, imagine calling someone a Focus? <laughs> a Focus. <laughs> we should call someone a Focus. It would be small, Focus. Oh, it definitely have to be Brooks. Small, compact, overpriced, bog average. Uh, <laughs> we'll get you from A to B, but that is it. Yeah. Overpriced by a lot. Yeah, yeah. and after um, eight years, you kind of look at it and say, "Man, this thing looks fucking old." How have I had this thing for so long? Yeah, who? You know what? <laughs> you know, I've got yeah. no memories with this car. Aaron Woods would be a Tarago. <laughs> just a round, boring, just doesn't go fast. Just fucking, yeah. That's a that's a, that, that's another uh, episode right there. Name it. Yeah, who? What? What NRL players should we name after cars? Exactly. Um, right, we'll go to the next one here. We've got Warriors versus the Cowboys. This is on the is this at the Sunshine Coast? No, Redcliffe. Okay, so um, in this game, the it's the even money head to head. One dollar ninety for the Warriors. One dollar ninety for the North Queensland Cowboys. The handicap betting is giving a one and a half point start to the New Zealand Warriors. They're at one dollar eighty one on palmerbet.com with the one point five point handicap. The North Queensland Cowboys are at two dollars. This is an interesting one because Hamaso Tabua for Dow is out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be the one that would swing it. Because not only is he out, but drink water is now fullback. And I would have thought that if you if you're going to have a replacement of fullback in this team, you're going to put Valentine Holmes there mm. and bring in a legit um, first grader or centre. Yeah, because let's be honest, Holmes has only started playing centre this year, so it's not like it's a, a position that he's accustomed to. He's still yeah. learning it. Yeah. But fullbacks is something that he can do. He's great with kick returns. He's good under the high ball. That's, yeah, we're talking about that's about 85% of the job. He can do that. So I would have put him there and then brought a centre in and gone from there. But uh, instead they've decided to not do that. Drinkwater's now back there. Uh, And we've seen, like, ever since they replaced Matt Daylight, They've been a better team for it. And so having Matt Daylight at fullback in this game is fucking ridiculous to me. Like, they really should have moved on. They should have passed him on to whatever club was stupid enough to pick him up because he's just not a first grader. He's not good. I reckon he's going to get into Parramatta one day. You reckon? Why's that? I think Parramatta's starting to lose a few players, and I think that they're on the verge 
of just starting to sign random players for no reason. And no, he just looks like the most random player of all. So just sign re- him. Do you reckon we could see a future where, say, Dylan Brown leaves the club and then they say you have Gutherson moves into 5'8 and you've got Matt Drinkwater at fullback? Yeah. That would be interesting. That would happen. Um, Colin Hess has been dropped from the 17. He's on the extended bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Ben Hampton and Brendan Elliott. Uh, okay. So, uh, not a bad idea. No. I, look, I just... It's hard to tip the Warriors ever. And I just think that if if Tom Malolo has a, just an average game, that should be enough. So... I've gone for the for the North Queensland Cowboys. They've also, you know, they've got stuck into the games they've played this year. So, and the Warriors, you still watch them, and they just kind of play off the cuff, and then all of a sudden they'll do something absolutely ridiculous. And it makes you wonder, have they ever seen rugby league before? And then you remember that Nathan Brown is their coach, which is like not having a coach, really. It's only one step above Trent Barrett. So I have to go for the Queens, North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, I'm legit 50-50 on this, so I'm just mm-hmm. going to go with the Warriors because, yeah, it's, yeah, I've got to pick a team. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if there's either Adenfanil Blake or uh, Rocco Berry move into the uh, starting or into the 17 for the Warriors, either they're on the extended bench. Yeah. So they might do that just to uh, add a bit of beef in the middle. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Broncos versus Roosters. This is interesting. Head to head, Broncos four dollars fifty. That's that's really juicy. Head to I head. think last last week changed this game an awful lot. I think if you had to be looking at this game after uh, round two or round three, mm-hmm. you may not have been sure who to pick. I agree. But after, but after so, last weekend, you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so it feels different now, doesn't it? So the the Broncos are at four dollars fifty in head to head. The the uh, Sydney Roosters are at one dollar twenty. The Broncos have a 13.5-point head start at $1.90 on Palmer bet. That is just, oh, man, that's just money in the bank, I reckon. I would take that. Would you, you take that? Why? Oh, yeah. Do you know why? Mm. It's that, why they are that much? Why? Number six for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. It's Kevy's boy. It's Good that he finally got a coach that really believes <laughs> Um And so, obviously, the handicap is 13 and a half at $1.90 as well for the Sydney Roosters on Palmer Bet. But, yeah, 13 and a half points. Oh, man, that's that's nice. That is really nice. The thing, that's, the thing that gets me in this, okay, mm-hmm. everyone has now seen Billy Walters play. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's utter shit or anything like that. Okay? No, because he's not. He's not a shit player. No, it's, it's more the fact that this, uh, coupled with injuries and some bad decisions on which clubs to go to for him, he's been stuck behind incumbent players who, whether they're better than him or not, is irrelevant. Fact is, he's not been able to get ahead of them. You know, he was stuck behind Luke Brooks um, and Adam Dewey at the Tigers. doesn't matter if you're better than Luke Brooks. Mm-hmm. The club's not going to let you start in front of him. You no, know. never, ever, 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 so he's, ever. He was stuck there. He mm. wasn't going to go anywhere there. But I will say this. He's not better than Tyson Gamble, and Tyson Gamble's on the extended bench. 
I agree with that. I, I, I really like Tyson Gamble, actually. I think he's a real competitor. Um, I might Very have said much that. so. I might have said that 57,000 times already this year. Hey? I think everyone has. <laughs> but it is so true. I like the fact that he's got that um, that fighting spirit amongst him. He's fucking aggressive on the field. Mm-hmm. But he's also got some very, very good touches when he's when he's especially when he's ball running. Yeah, when he, he runs, he knows how to get his outside men working with him. I, I really like the way he works with his uh, with his outside players. Yeah, he's also a pretty robust ball runner himself. Like when he holds onto it too, he's not easy to drag down. Um, I'm pretty sure he used to play for the Tigers as well. Well, they only let the good ones go. That's the, right. the there was a that little uh, well. Let's go. The, let's do what the media would do. The corporate media. Mm-hmm. There was that disgraceful brawl the other night between <laughs> teammates at the Broncos. Terrible. Mums with oh. kids hated it. Took all of their children out of rugby league. Um, I, I heard half of the Broncos fan base are now following AFL and soccer. Yep. Yep. Some some even turned to tennis. Well, they, they they did. They followed Ash Barty, even though Ash Barty left tennis herself. Um. Yeah, and Albert Kelly, obviously, he has that injury. Um, well, no, well, it's not... interesting. It's it's a it's a, apparently a foot injury. Well, it's uh when when I saw that that brutal violent fight, it's probably because Payne Haas punched his face so hard he knocked a foot of height off him. Probably, probably. Um, look, you just don't step on another man's nikes. You just don't do it. You know, I I wouldn't do it. And furthermore, if I was Albert Kelly, I wouldn't be stepping on Payne Haas's anywhere. <laughs> Just keep out of his fucking way. He's supposed to be looking after you. You don't fucking you don't fuck around with him. I don't know. I'd go up to I'd go up to Payne Haas and I'd step on his shoes and he'd be like, "Stop stepping on my shoes, bro!" And I'd be like, "Douche, And he wouldn't mess with me again. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! I'm so old. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was. Um, you know what's funny is mm-hmm. the media were just tripping over themselves talking talking this fight up. It was and really it was just. It was just. Uh, I've got a handful of your shirt, and I've just pushed you aside. Yeah, and, and they were calling it a brawl. There just wasn't. It there wasn't, wasn't even close. No. I'll say this in all honesty. Will Smith had a bigger brawl with Chris Rock mm. than what Payne Haas had with Albert Kelly. Because yeah. at least one thing was thrown in that. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing in this. It was just holding a shirt and a, sh- and a push. And once, once Haas pushed Albert Kelly the first time and it looked like he was about to, you know, push him through the ground, it looked like Kelly went, yeah, you know what? I'm pretty clear in my mind here that I'm entirely outmuscled here. I'm just going to stop this bullshit now. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting what uh, 100, 130 kilos of half Filipino, <laughs> half Samoan can do to change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Especially when you're 80 kilos ringing wet. Yeah. <laughs> you, only, you only give it up 50 kilos. <laughs> Seriously, dude, I could take him. <laughs> <laughs> and just one strap go, Poof! By the way, have we worked out if Payne Haas is the biggest part Filipino person on planet Earth? He's got to be. He's 
He's got a younger brother too. He's played for the Philippines, I believe. I th- you know what is uh is Jalen Green of the Houston Rockets Filipino? Jalen, hang on, Green. I think he is Filipino. I think he's part Filipino. Let's see, Jalen Green. Yes, he's part Filipino. So Jalen Green is six foot four. I think that's about the same size as Payne Haas, six foot four. Um. Okay, I've. I just did a uh, a Google search here. Oh, yeah. There's Japeth Aguila. He's a Filipino professional basketball player mm-hmm. in the Philippines. Uh, he's 35. He's 2.06 metres high and 107 kilos. Okay, so how I don't know I don't know centimetres tall. I only know feet and inches tall. So what's that in feet and inches? Six, eight, six, nine. Okay. Because Jalen's wearing... Isn't it six six two meters? I've got no fucking idea. Right, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so Jalen might be about six eight. Okay, so Jalen Green is six four, but he's only eighty four kilos. He's a real thin player. Hmm. So it's not Jalen Green. I see Payne Haas has got them both on weight. Yeah. Like if well, you stood there, Wiki, Wiki says he's 170 kilos. That must have been before we had lunch. Jesus Christ! Yeah, when was that? <laughs> <laughs> no fucking way. Oh boy. Anyway, um, that was a sidetrack or what? I, I typed in Pine Pain Harsh just to look at his dimensions there, and um, I see the Fox Sports have got um, that leather handbag that just cries and looks like a little weasel. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Oh. Crawley. Oh, oh, yeah. The baseball mitt. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Half the time he's gibbering, he's trying to say a word. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. And they're all old as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. And it's almost like they get like three years older as every 365 days pass. You know what that is, don't you? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the next game? <laughs> yeah, we've got a little off track there. Yeah. Um, who are you picking for that one? Oh, the the Roosters. That's yeah, good. likewise. Um, that the the thing that's going to be interesting here is in in the game that the Roosters played on the weekend, their forwards just ripped through the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that as easily this time around, mm-hmm. but out wide. Far too much class. Even with Kevin Naguama in the side, far too much class. Yeah, and, and like, I mean, the Broncos have some more outside backs. Tony Staggs played terribly last week. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of raps on him and he's he was injury. He's had injuries that he's had to overcome, especially last year. But there comes a point where it's like, okay, now you've got, now it's time. You've got to show me what you've got. Yeah. And, it, you know, he's not showing them what he's got at the moment. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. I like Farnsworth. I think he's a pretty handy player. Farnsworth's um, very good. And Co- I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, Cobo looks like he could be a good player of the future, but I don't think he's got the physical conditioning to be a first grader just yet. He's only a young bloke. He's going to be a first grader for a very long time. There's no doubt about that. But you can see he's got the frame to be a first-grade footballer, but he just he needs a, a good season at least of 
uh, Queensland Cup just to physically get to the level that he needs to be. I, I do have a stat for this game, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to read out to you the top five players currently in the NRL who have made the most errors. Okay. We'll work from five up. So number five is Alex Johnson of the Rabbitohs. He's had nine. Oh, wow. Equal is Cody Walker, who's also had nine. Mm-hmm. Third is Zach Womax with 10. Mm-hmm. Second is Katoni Staggs with 11. Mm-hmm. And first is Selwyn Cobbo with 17. It's a lot. Those two outside backs for the Broncos have got 28 errors between them. You know, I think the Broncos get stuck in, and, and it comes from the fact that they've been very lucky in the past, where they've had a young bloke called Lockyer, who they've been like, let's give him a shot, and he's been one of the all-time greats. Um, I th- and I think since those er- eras for the Broncos have been over, that they've got a lot of youngsters that they've said, okay, let's chuck this guy in, and they they just kind of ruin their younger players because they get thrown into the deep end, they try and you know establish themselves and they make errors, you know, or they're not physically ready for it or whatever it is, and that's their problem with their junior development there at the Broncos. It's not that the the talent isn't there. I just think they've mishandled them at times. Oh, that's absolutely true. Um, and mostly because they've been sport for choice. Oh, if this doesn't yeah. work, we'll just grab another one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the problem they've got, though, with those two players having so many injuries is they're both on each side of the field. They're not on the same side. So when the attack is in a good position to score and they spread it out wide, too often it breaks down because of errors on both sides, which means they now have to try and channel their attack either through the middle of the ruck or on the edges of the ruck. So they're going to be running a lot of plays through um, Capewell and Haas. That's, a, you know, those sort of areas, just, just wide of the middle. Yeah. To try and eliminate the errors on the, you know, out wide. problem they've got there is that the <laughs> the Roosters' centres and their um, outside forwards are all very, very, very good defenders. Mm-hmm. So it's going to make it hard for them to break through there. Um so I don't know how they get around that. And the big problem that the Broncos are going to have too is Walters is obviously not great. Um, so it means a lot more responsibility is going to fall on Reynolds. Uh, and, you know, Radley's just going to be on him all fucking night. Yeah, and like there's only so much Reynolds can do too. Like, mm. you know, I think that people will look at, what he did at the the Rabbitohs, and you've got to remember that the Rabbitohs, you know, he's running off the back of Cook, what he's doing out of dummy half, then he's got Cody Walker outside of him who keeps the, the defensive line pretty honest. Um, you know, and, and so Reynolds is playing really well and he's doing the best he can, but he's, he's not going to be able to drag them kicking and screaming to wins. He's going to need some help. I'd love to see Payne Haas come out in this game and just be like, right, let's fucking go. Um, yeah. I don't know that we've seen too many games where he's done it. I think he's done it at origin level before, but I don't really think there's too many times that, you know, in the last couple of years since his debut year where you've seen him come out in the NRL and just be like, holy shit, Payne Haas wants to end somebody's career out here tonight because he's just playing like a monster. I want to see that from him. Mate, if I'm Kevin Walters, 
this is what I'm going to do to fight Payne Haas for this game. I'm going to get his kit bag. Yeah. I'm going to get his brand new Nikes out. I'm going to step on him. And then I'm going to take him to him and say, Payne, Jabberia Hargraves was in here just before. <laughs> he went through your bag and he trod on your shoes, man. Look at the fucking mess and just have like mud dripping all over him. So look what he did. And he said, Payne Haas is shit. I can beat him any day. And then he trod on your shoes like this, man. Are you going to take that shit? I just walk away. I think that would work. <laughs> that would definitely work. <laughs> Payne Haas isn't motivated by money. He's motivated by kicks. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, for this game, Kelly, Carrigan, and Flegler are all out. So it's it's a bit of a... Uh, Bit of a muck up there. If Kevin Walters is smart, he'll put Gamble in at five eighth to take a bit of that pressure off Reynolds for the kicking game stuff too. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, next game: Raiders versus Storm at Wagga Wagga. Oh wow! So the Raiders are at four dollars. That seems right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the Melbourne Storm are at one dollars twenty-five. That's in the head-to-head. The handicap betting. The, Ra- the Raiders have a 12.5-point head start at $1.90 on Palmer Bet, and the Melbourne Storm have the 12.5-point handicap also at $1.90 on palmerbet.com. Well, I suppose the big news for this one here is, uh, I mean, you won't think it's big news, but uh, Jared Croker's on the extended bench, and I dare say if Jared Croker's on the extended bench, he, if he's fit and he passes the fitness test, he will be put into the, the run on site. So take the one dollar ninety with the, <laughs> the minus twelve and a half because he's worth minus twelve and a half. He's the worst defensive player in the history of rugby league. He's garbage. They're going to be defending with their twelve man lineup. Second and, place. And then if they get close and they've got a call on him to kick a goal, he's going to choke. Hey, by the way, did you see what the Raiders did last weekend? Where it's half time. They elect to kick a goal from halfway and then decide not to kick the goal because none of them had the guts to step up and kick it. So the referee had to call half time. Did you see that? No. Yeah, that's what happened. Like the referee gave them the option. They could have kicked for touch and they said, no, we'll take the goal. They stood around and talked amongst each other for about two minutes and then said to the referee, oh, we don't want to kick the goal. And the referee was like, well, i got to call half-time then. Can't change your mind. Oh, my God. How yeah. stupid. How gutless are they? They're just that's, so gutless. That's so stupid. Um, yeah, this this is actually reasonably matched in the forwards. But in the backs, my God, mm. it's it's brutally one-sided. Um. And then on the bench, I mean, you know, they've only got a test player in Brandon Smith sitting on the bench for the Storm. Yeah, and, you know, he's going to be desperate to get the other side of that white line um, until he comes on. So, yeah, the Storm should absolutely belt them. This could be the end of the Raiders, like, because I think the Raiders still think that they're good and they're not, and I think this could be the end of the Raiders thinking that they're good. I think it'll be a reasonably close first half, but that'll be it. Okay. I expect the Storm to run away with it. Do you reckon the Storm will cover that 12.5 points handicap? Yeah, I think I've got them down to win by plenty more than that. Yeah, same here. Um, 
I, I, and for me, it doesn't matter if they have Croker. It doesn't matter who they put in there. It's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Ricky Shield had played bloody Xavier Savage, though. I think he's better than who they keep putting in there all the time. Mm-hmm. He's just one of those sort of um, raw talents that the, the fans love as well. Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting player. Very good center, swinger. You could put him in there anywhere. He'd be fine. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him in there. Just don't but, put him uh, outside of Croker. Because like he'll be what he'll be having to defend for three different people. The other thing too is um, Schneider hasn't been too bad. I don't think I think a lot of people thought he was going to be just we don't know who he is, so he must be shit. Mm-hmm. He's done all right. Yeah. Um, it's not an easy job when you've got um, a somewhat semi fully fit outside backs and. Your five eighth isn't genuinely a half. He's just mm-hmm. a ball runner, a very good ball runner. Don't get me wrong. Probably one of the best ball runners there is. But he doesn't have the genuine half. You know, a Cameron Munster, he's opposite number. He doesn't have yeah. the kicking and passing game of a Munster. Yeah. Um, and so that puts a lot more extra pressure on Schneider as well. I think he's handled it reasonably well. Um, but that's something I think. I think if Ricky Stewart wants to try and expand on the attacking range of the team, he's got to start thinking about putting White in at centre. I was just thinking that, and then the, like, and then look at getting another five eighth at the club, a real five eighth, because it worked a little bit for one year, and it hasn't worked since. And there's only so many, you know, years you can go that way. Yeah, uh, I don't know what they expect White to do to just one day wake up and be like, I'm a 5'8". Yeah, because the problem they've got now is if they keep going with this, you know, this current plan, you may not actually get to see the, the absolute best of White anymore because teams know to just rush up on him. Yeah. And that's all they do is stop him moving before he gets a chance to. Once he starts running, you know, good luck. But So mm-hmm. they get on top of him really early. Um, That's the problem. So... Ricky's got to change a few things there about how he looks at that team and how he puts it down because it's it's getting a bit tired and a bit easy to defend against at times for yeah. for the good teams anyway. The Tigers are still loose by fifty times. <laughs> the Tigers will be like, back off him, back off him. Yeah, let him let him run. Let's see what he does. <laughs> Tear you a new one. Oh, who didn't see that coming? Um, South play the Dragons on Saturday. Okay, so the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the head-to-head are at $1.31 on palmerbet.com. The St. George Illawarra Dragons are at $3.50. That's pretty good. That's interesting. The uh, Dragons have the eight-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90, and the Rabbitohs, of course, have the eight-and-a-half-point handicap also at $1.90. South should win this, but I'm... Like you, I'm just not convinced by anything they do at this stage. The only thing, reason why I say South should win this is because the Dragons were just outside of Ben Hunt and I dare I say Aaron Woods. They were atrocious last yeah. week, especially in that second half. Um, I want to say Aaron Woods. People are going to say, oh, I'm just taking the piss. You ever look at some of the efforts that Aaron Woods put in that, that second half there? I mean, if it wasn't for the Aaron Woods pass at the line, I know he does it a lot, but that pass he did at the line, which put Molo through a gap, led to the, you know, the try that the Dragons scored. There was another set there defensively where he made a tackle, 
the player got an offload away, and while he's on the ground, he's executed a ankle tap, which stopped one of the Parramatta players from running away and scoring anyway. And then he's up defending in the, and makes the next tackle as well in the set. And while he's not the most skilled player, and he doesn't have the huge work ethic that a lot of forwards have, but he does. He's always had that um, that effort there. And if more of the Dragons players, especially the forwards, had more of his effort, given that they're all more skilled than him, I think that'd be a lot better team. And maybe that's the only reason why they brought him there. So look at the amount of effort this bloke puts in to just keep trying to be effective the whole time. If we could all do a bit of that, we can yeah. all improve a bit as a team. Yeah. I, I dare say that's why he was brought in. Um, but, yeah, I think he played reasonably well in a team that was flogged. Um, ben Hunt, mate, he tries his ass off so much. Mm. He doesn't deserve this team. <laughs> no, he doesn't. It's it's a shame. He It'd be nice to see him in a real competitive side because um, he's a difference maker. And you see yes. the efforts that he puts in, in in Dragons games, whether they win or they lose, he's trying to make a difference to the result. So, um, but, yeah, this you would think that South should really put one on them, but the more that I've seen of South, the more that I'm kind of convinced that it it's just not their year. It's they just don't they just don't have what it takes. They're a diff, very different team from last year. Yeah, they feel off the pace. I tell you, one thing that's going to work in their favour. Have you ever seen a more lopsided matchup than at fullback for this game? Latrell Mitchell <laughs> versus Moses and Bye. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you know what? Most of them did better last week at fullback than I expected. Oh, it was fucking terrible, though. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him in that game and went, wow. I thought he, I saw him play a few stingers for the Tigers. That had to be the worst game he's played in about three years. Yeah, that it was uh, It was one of those games where you just you started feeling sorry for him. You, you did. Because there was even that try that was scored at the uh, in the second half. Where the ball just rolled away from him, and he couldn't get a, he couldn't even ground it. It just didn't want to roll in his favour. Even Luck said, no, "Fuck you, Moses." Yeah, he just went. He just had a horror night. Obviously, the uh, the Eels' kicking game was superb in that game and just destroyed him. Um, so, I mean that that's what the 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 bunnies got to look at is kick to Moses all night. Don't don't worry about the wingers. Go to Moses all night. Kick towards him. Turn him around. A lot of the times he was found um, at the starter sets up in the defensive line. Mm-hmm. We saw Mitch Moses score that try where he kicked early. There was no one home and he ran all the way through like 30 or 40 odd metres and picked up the loose ball and scored. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of play that someone like Cody Walker would pull off. And so he's got to be thinking about that during the game because Moses will come up in the line. He's not... He's not an atrocious defender, and so he will think about coming in and trying to help defensively. And that's when you've got to exploit him at fullback because he's not great positionally at that at times. It's weird when you see a coach chuck a player into a position that you just feel like they're on a hiding to nothing, and this just feels like one of those times. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised that – I know – I don't think Lomax has ever played fullback. But he's got the passing game and the running game to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just as a filling, like Stephen Crichton does at the Panthers, mm-hmm. I think he'd be fine in that role. Well, I think he'd be better at the Moses and By. I think I would too. And then I'd I'd put Jack 
Bird at centre and put Moses in by five eight if you have to have him in the team. I'm out on Jack Bird, by the way. No, I know, but yeah, I don't. I don't see Jack Bird as a ball player, so I'd rather him at centre, where mm-hmm. all he's got to do is basically tackle and run and mm-hmm. occasionally pass. I think that's where you want to limit him. Um, I'd rather Moses and by at six. He's got a better passing game than Bird does. That that's yeah. it though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it's better than playing him at fullback. Oh god, it's horrible. Um, they do have Sloan on the extended bench, so you never know. He might come into the side. Um, remains to be seen, though. Um, yeah, not much has changed there. Uh, definitely south there by plenty. So the next game is Titans versus the Eels. So the head-to-head, the Titans are at $3, which is pretty good, I reckon, on palmabet.com. Um, the Parramatta Eels are at $1.39. Uh, the line betting, the Gold Coast Titans have the seven and a half point head start at $1.90. And so, of course, the Parramatta Eels have the seven and a half point handicap also at $1.90. Mm. I was just going to have a look on here to see um, what Parramatta's record, uh, yeah, Parramatta's record is like. Haven't they already played the Titans this year? Yeah. They did round that, one. That, that, yeah, that was the, the great screw job, remember? where the, the uh, Titans just had every decision go against them in the last about half hour of that game. That's right. That was <laughs> that was nuts. Mm. Um, let's have a look. They've had 11 wins each when oh, playing really? head-to-head. Um, Parramatta scored 481 points against the Titans, and the Titans have scored 470. So there's only 11 points difference between the two. That's pretty evenly matched over 22 games. Yeah, that is. But uh, the Titans haven't beaten Parramatta since 2017. So they've now lost six straight to them. They're at home. Parramatta's coming off a big result. Parramatta, the greatest team in the world, just ask them. Uh, it could be a close game. Could be a close game. That that Titans pack is pretty damn good. It is. I'll tell you what's worrying, though. Mm-hmm. They only managed one. Very fluky try against the West Tigers. Yeah, that is a problem. Very fluky try. Did you think everyone was saying that was the worst game of rugby league? No, no, there was one that there was one that the Tigers played against the Cowboys a few years ago, which was had a score line of about eight four or something like that. That thing was worse. Yeah. The Tigers game versus Penrith a year or two ago. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. Penrith won it or something like. Was it, it might have even gone to Golden Point. Yeah, actually, the Golden Point one, yeah. I remember that, yeah. That was pretty crap. <laughs> it was it was pretty dire. A lot of, pretty much all of the low-scoring games that involve the West Tigers are shit games and probably among the worst. I, I felt like that game last week that they played, it was more a case of two teams that just, they just couldn't get the job done when it counted more than anything. Um, it wasn't like there were like shitloads of dropped ball or anything like that. Like I've I've seen worse games than that. Easily. Easily. <laughs> it's uh it's interesting. The the Tigers have obviously had their focus, rightfully so, on improving their defence and it is a lot better. I don't think we can argue that. Um there's been a few numb nuts, um, Matty Johns for example, coming out saying, Well the Tigers have 
have spent all their time working on defence at the expense of their attack. You're going, no, you fucking peanut. Mm. It's not like you can only do one. Yeah. What they've done is they've changed their defensive structure to something that actually works. Um, the problem with their attack is that the person who is involved in the middle of it, Luke Brooks, doesn't talk. The second bloke that you'd want to lean back on would be your hooker, Jacob Little, doesn't talk. It was a bit hard for him to at some stage there yeah, because he had his mouth bloody busted open as well or his nose or some shit, who knows. And so you're left with a rookie in Jock Madden who has been playing pretty damn well despite all of that. Um, but he's left trying to steer this team around from second receiver and Dane Lowry at fullback. Mm-hmm. And if you've got your halfback and your hooker do not talk much, then your forwards are basically not connected to your backs. And so you are playing with two different, you know, essentially two different zones on the field, mob in the middle, and then the blokes on the edge whenever the ball just comes their way. You know, they don't know when it's coming, but it'll come their way. So, oh, shit, we better do something with it. And that's Oliver Gildart, you're watching him play at the moment. He sums up the lack of communication in that team perfectly because he gets the ball and no one's telling him to just take the tackle or, you know, calling for it inside or anything like that. And so he keeps playing. He's trying to keep the ball alive, trying to score points, and you'll see him throwing flick passes on offloads and stuff like that. Half of them stick. The other half, you just look at him and go, what are you doing? Yeah, and he, he could get away with that in Super League because, yeah. you know, he's got other other palms defending him. So the ball gets <laughs> flicked out on the ground. And our position just stops and everyone watches the ball and then someone picks it up and just runs straight through the line. You can't do that here, Oliver. <laughs> but that's but it, it sums up that disconnecting communication between yeah. the, the middle of the field and the outside of the you know, the edges of the field for the Tigers. Let's get I tell you what, seems we're talking about the Tigers. Let's get them to their Sunday game against the Cronulla Sharks, shall we? Uh, or who, who are you picking for Titans and Eels? Parramatta. Yeah, I'm going Parramatta as well. Okay. All right. Okay. So Sharks versus Tigers. Okay, Sharks are at. I think that they're not short enough. The Sharks in the head to head are at one dollar ten. <laughs> the West Tigers are at seven dollars on Palmerbet.com. Um, the Tigers have a seventeen and a half point head Fucking start hell. at one dollar ninety. <laughs> And the Cronulla Sharks have a 17.5-point handicap also at $1.90. So, if punters on, on Palmer bet, they're looking at that 17.5-point head start, and it's not even as though they're looking at that and going, yeah, like there's not any movement on it. And the crazy thing is neither of these teams have changed their starting 17 from last week. Mm-hmm. That The one thing about this shark side that's different to previous shark sides. There's a lot that's similar. There's two things that are different. One is their forwards have much more versatility with ball in hand. Yes. So in the past you had um essentially Wade Graham, who was very you know, always been very versatile with ball in hand, and then a bunch of battering rams. All different sizes, all different running styles, but all they did is just they just kept fucking smashing into you until you just physically could not defend them anymore. And then they'd start going through the middle. But then they didn't have a great amount of talent to capitalise on that and score points at the back. So they just kept pressure on you, starved you of the ball until yeah. full full time sound and they won by two points. 
that's kind of what they did when they're at their best. Um, now they've got ball players in that forward pack as well as being just big humans that can just bash through things. I mean, you can throw someone like Talakai in at centre. And people seem to, they've got this opinion of him. And I've, I've dispelled it many times already, but they've got this impression, oh, cause he's a big bloke and he's a second rower, he's going to be shit at centre. And you know, this kid played most of his junior career at centre. Mm. Look at him moving left and right. He is as fast on his feet as any centre in the game. There's no reason why he couldn't just stay as a centre. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to be better as a second rower because he's, he's a decent sized human. Um, but he's definitely not going to be out, outclassed by too many players at, at centre. And who's he up against in this game? James Roberts. Talakai is just going to just destroy him. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, his only problem is going to be if he can, you know, keep up with James Roberts as James Roberts is running backwards so quickly. So <laughs> James Roberts has got to remember how to run around people first. Mm, that's a good point. Um, He's forgotten what his what his pace does. He found it a few times. This is a funny thing about this game last week too. Is Roberts had I think three or four tackle busts where he skipped out of tackles and made an extra ten meters here or there, and that's good. Don't get me wrong; it's, it was good to see. I've not seen him do that for quite a while. But they're talking about how it was one of his one of the best games he's played uh, in the last several years. And I think if that's the benchmark yeah. of his better performances in the last several years. Why is he playing first grade? Yeah, As I said before, he's being outplayed by Gildart. He got outplayed by a second rower filling in the week before. Yeah. Garner destroyed his performances in one game. And Garner's a huge human. He's one of those tall, rangy second rowers. Now, he made Robert's performance look bloody pathetic. Mm-hmm. He's just filling in. Um, this will be an interesting game. In the Fords, but uh, Hines, he's formed a very unique combination with Moylan. He's found a way to use Moylan in a way where Moylan doesn't have to worry about being the playmaker. And obviously Moylan's not a great ball runner. He does have good uh, ball-playing skills, but he's taken the major amount of, the majority of the ball-playing responsibilities off him. So he's just got to inject himself when he needs him. Um Hines at halfback has been so much better than I thought he would. I actually, I generally thought that he'd be misplaced at halfback and he should be better off at six. Mm. Man, I was wrong on that. Absolutely wrong on that. Yeah, no, so was I. I was, I was wrong on that too. I thought it was getting a, get, I thought it was grabbing talent and saying, well, let's chuck him in at halfback, see what happens. And it's been, it's been completely different to that. And he's playing very differently, um, to most halfbacks that you see and it's working. It's it's just working for him. Uh, in a weird way, I feel like this is a little bit of a Hines versus Dane Laurie sort of matchup because I feel like that he's he's going to really make Dane Laurie work for his money in this game. Um, you know, Laurie, he's still one of those players you look at and you're like, damn, he's got a lot of talent. But you just keep watching him and thinking, when is it going to be just too much for him? When is it going to be... When is he going to be running around and trying to do all this stuff and just think, man, it doesn't matter what I do. We're going to, we're terrible. (laughs) And I hope it doesn't happen. I really hope it doesn't happen, but I just, I keep waiting for that moment to kick in. Well, 
This game is full of. I'm just looking at the the head to heads on here. Mm-hmm. A lot of very mismatched um, head to heads. So the tall, um, high jumping Mulatalo is up against the stocky David Nofaluma. Mm-hmm. So guess which wing they're kicking to when the Sharks <laughs> get the ball. <laughs> um, the very fast Sandy Katoa is going to be up against the stocky Ken Malmolo. Then you've got Talakai, the big beefy centre, and he's going to have James Roberts opposite him. Um, Ramian and Gildart is going to be pretty evenly matched because they both like to just turn the ball over and have a lot of ill discipline in their game. So, (laughs) um, Madden versus Moylan. Madden's probably a little bit better as a a playmaker at seven. Mm -hmm. I'd say he's probably got a little bit of edge there skill wise, but at the moment, form wise, Moylan's shitting on him. And that's not Madden's fault. Um, Hines versus Brooks, fuck me. That it's weirdly uh, not even close. No. How weird is it that we're like Hines is what fight? This will be his fifth game playing at halfback for his new club, mm. brand new club, and he's across from a dude that has had the halfback role since he came into first grade, and there's never been any pressure put on him, and now he's what twenty seven, and the difference between how they guide a team around the field is night and day. Yeah. It's insane. It really is insane. Um, Aaron Hooker, Braley versus Little. Like, Braley is a genuine organiser. And, you know, I've got so many huge raps on the way Black Braley plays the game. I, I fucking love the way he, he – he's very good in attack. As I said, there's a lot of – a lot of his attack that reminds me of um, Robbie Farrell when he's at his peak. Mm-hmm. Especially the the passing game close to the line, he's just good pass um, options. He's got a good little kicking game he's been developing as well, and a uh, little absolute little terrier in defence. Um, uh, fucking huge drops on him. So it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, the Tigers have got a, a bigger pack for this game than what the Sharks have, and that's that's more about them trying to hang in on this game. Hope yeah. it doesn't get away from them. That's all that is. But they've got to really start thinking about um, making some major changes to this side and stop trying to fool themselves into thinking they're a chance to do anything other than being shit. And when you look at this game, the most expensive player on the field will be Luke Brooks. <laughs> I just yeah, it was, was it announced during the week that he was on $1.1 million this year? $1.1 million. For Luke Brooks, who, and as I said in a tweet, contract. No player who has never played international football, or finals football, or state level football, should be on one million dollars or more. Never. I, re- I reckon you and me could name the honest to goodness one million dollar players in the NRL on one hand. Well, yeah. I mean, at the moment you got DCE, Tormalolo. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, Cleary, Cleary. Jeez, I'm I'm close to saying Tedesco. Yeah, Tedesco. I reckon he would be on it. And ooh, I'm I'm not sold on Fafita being a one million dollar man. I know he is, but yeah, at the moment he's not. He's just not. Nah. Uh. Who else would be there? 
Pong is probably close to being Ooh. on that, but he's not. He's not make it. He's not worth maybe it. Maybe Mun- maybe Munster. You reckon Munster would be on that much at the Storm? Um, he probably would be far off. I reckon. I don't think he. I reckon he would be. I reckon he'd be a little bit. I I think he would be in there. Not more closer to nine hundred than a million. That's my guess. But it's just a, a pure guess. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, and be around those paint players, though. And Lou Brooks. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and uh, without going into another, you know, massive win session, I mean, that the fact Lou Brooks is on a million dollars, the people who sign that fucking contract. They're the people who need to be getting sacked at that club. They're the ones who should have their careers questioned, not the yeah. fucking coach. 100%. 100%. Um, furthermore, if the coach is the issue, don't get these fucking dickheads who have sacked and, you know, hired and sacked coaches all of their own doing. Have them sign the next coach. I'm, you know, I'm fine if they want to sack the coach. I don't want these fucking idiots who are currently running the club to, to hire the next coach because they yeah. don't know what they're doing. Yeah. How many coaches have they hired and sacked? That's the question. Mm-hmm. So if they keep sacking coaches that they hire, obviously they're part of the problem. So stop getting them to hire coaches. Fuck off the people running the club. Then the new people come in, and if they think we need a new coach, let them bloody pick it. Yeah. Not these morons. There we go. I'll move on. Okay. Next game. Last game of the round. Last game of the round. Uh, Bulldogs versus Panthers. So the Bulldogs are in the head-to-head on palmerbet.com. They're at $7. The Penrith Panthers are at $1.10. The Canterbury Bulldogs have an 18.5-point head start at $1.90. And the Penrith Panthers have an 18.5-point handicap also at $1.90. I wouldn't have thought that the Bulldogs would have had a bigger start against Penrith than the Tigers had against the Sharks. Um... I don't know. Wasn't, I, I think wasn't that, the Tigers at seventeen and a half? I think the yeah. Bulldogs have got more potential chance of beating Penrith than what the Tigers ever beaten the Sharks. Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. So I, I think that I, I think considering that the only half that they really have at the Bulldogs is Matt Burton, and of course the Panthers would know his game better than even probably the Bulldogs do at this point. Um, and. and Couple that with the Panthers' ridiculous defence, and Cleary's back after he was back last week, but now he's got two weeks under his belt, and just I just think that this could be really ugly for the Bulldogs. Um, I know, I, no, I completely agree. I just also, think that I just think that they'd stand a better chance than what the Tigers would against Cronulla. That's all. Yeah. Um, the big crazy thing that's happened here. Mm-hmm. Is Flanagan's at halfback for the Dogs, mm-hmm. and the only the only matchup that I think works in the Bulldogs' favour in this game is Adokar over Staines. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Staines hasn't had a good year this year. No, um, um, he's going to be out of the side when To'o comes back. Yeah, um, they've got Avarillo at centre, so hopefully he can get some good ball to Adokar. And if they're smart, they'll go down that side over and over and over again and try and 
try and exploit stage as much as they can. Um, Edwards has been a bit hot and cold. I suppose he always has been, mm-hmm. but it feels like he's been a little bit more cold than hot this year. Yeah, I don't understand why commentators are like raving about him, like he's doing something amazing. He he doesn't really like he's he's he gets involved a lot, but doesn't do much with it. Yeah, he reminds me an awful lot ball playing wise of Valentine Holmes. Yeah, so he he gets into the right spot to do the right thing, but it's almost like it's not a natural thing for him to do. So instead of passing, he'll often go, "I'll just run." Mm-hmm. Because that's what he knows best. And the, the problem um, with his running is that he doesn't really break the line and, and get no, through it. Unlike Holmes. Holmes runs with venom when he runs to the line, even though mm-hmm. he's a slight fella. Mm-hmm. Edwards has probably got a bit more frame on him, so he should be able to break through the line a bit more. But he sort of dawdles into the line a bit. And yeah, he's, he's just... I mean, I think he's crap. I really do. I think he's the biggest problem with the... And, you know, you, this is all relative but I think he's the biggest weakness in the Panthers team. And look, maybe you'll look at this, you'd look at their salary cap and say, well, you know, he's the cheapest fullback in the game. So that's what you take with it. Um, but I just think that if the Panthers had a really good fullback, like if, uh, you know, when Crichton goes there at fullback, I think other teams must just shit themselves because <laughs> it's like, what are we supposed to do now? You know? And that's uh, the thing. It, I mean, it's not like the Panthers need like Tedesco or someone like that, all they need is someone who does like brilliantly strong um, kick returns. Mm -hmm. I know you probably laugh at this suggestion, but I think one of the best fullback options you could have at Penrith would be someone like Jack Whiten. Imagine him just catching the ball and him doing the kick return. Uh, Automatically, your pack's on the, your pack's on the bloody front foot straight away. And that's all you need him to do. You don't need to do playmaking. You can run. Just run, just run as hard and as fast as you can. And I think that's what they were hoping Dallin Wittini Zalesniak was going to do. And yeah. he just, I mean, the number of games that he plays that are good, you can count on one hand over the course of a couple of seasons, unfortunately. But And so it just didn't pan out. But, yeah, Edwards is, is very soft. He's a soft buyer. And, you know, I think the fact that they had to come out during the final series when that was all over and say, well, he's playing with a broken foot, it's like, Oh, so it wasn't just, you know, he played crap in the final series. He just did. And I don't know. I, every time I, like, it's very rare he, he affects a tackle when someone gets through the defensive line. And then if you can get around Staines and you've got Staines who just doesn't know what to do in cover defense and then you've got Edwards in front of you, you're probably going to score a try. And it's frustrating to watch because the rest of the team is so bloody rock solid. Um, you well, kind of... I'm just kind of hoping that some young kid comes through and gets a start at fullback and it's just all over. I was going to say, the one thing that's worked in their favour is the fact that the cover defence generally is always pretty good at covering weaknesses in the side. Yeah. They always tend to come across in numbers over there anyway to try and help out as much as possible. Yeah, look, um, at they, the Panthers' defence is the best defensive side I've seen. And, and oh, easy. It's, it's crazy because, like... I think of the Manly Seagulls in the late or the mid to late nineties, they were incredible. And then the Storm a couple of times have been like you've watched them and you've been like, This team's like a machine. The Panthers are so much better than those teams. It and it's kind of shocking to watch it and be like because I try and take a bias out of it. I, I watch it and I'm like, 
is this the best defensive side or am I just biased, you know? And I just watch it and watch it. And I'm like, these forwards won't fucking stop. They don't stop for 80 minutes. No. You don't get any reprieve from them. And then, as you say, the cover defense from most of the side is ridiculous. It's so good. And then you've got Crichton who Crichton is like, he's very close to being a just scary, just flat out Greg Inglis style scary. Cause like, you're starting to see him become strong and he's starting to like it just grab plays and throw them around and stuff. And it's like, holy shit, this dude's so young. Like it, this is the start of his career. He, he's only going to get stronger and bigger and, you know, more in tune with what he needs to do. But then it gets let down with only a couple of players. And if they can just replace them players will be the greatest football team in history. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck the dragons. We're going for 12 in a row. 12 in a row. Yep. Well, you know, why not? Aim high. Yeah, well, only 11 more to go. <laughs> I say the first one's the hardest one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Can you imagine how a... intolerable I would be at the end of the 12th one? Oh. oh I, I don't know. I think after about three in a row, you'd be like, yeah, you know, we're the best team in the world. So, you know, <laughs> let's just talk about who's the second best team is. <laughs> oh, shit. Man. Anyway, alrighty. So that's the uh, that's the review done. Thanks to Palmerbet. Yes, thank you, Palmerbet. So if you if you liked any of the the sound of any of the odds there, go to palmerbet.com. They're our major sponsor. They've been awesome with us so far this season, and uh, we would always say like the the people that back the podcast back them as well. Absolutely. Now, have we had any? Uh, should we do emails? Yeah, we've had a couple of emails. Let me just open the email box. <laughs> email box. It's an unboxing. Okay. These things are great on YouTube. Okay, let me have a look here. Uh, so we've got one here from... Okay, our first message is... And it was actually sent today. It was sent at 6.30 today. It's from Chris. And he says, Freaky, I love you and I respect you. But I've had exes that said that. Um, your constant appraisal of Souths makes me sick. <laughs> I love our listeners; they're so good. <laughs> South, South Sydney fans feel they have a God-given right to exist merely because they were here in 1908. They call themselves the pride of the league, despite no one having living memory of their sustained success. And furthermore still present themselves as a working-class class club when they're Hollywood and posh. I praise the Lord that the demigod Nathan Cleary put them to the sword. And he did too. <laughs> Love the show. Keep it up. Thank you, Chris. That's a that's a thought-provoking email. Um, <laughs> I've had I, – I, I guess I have praised South. I do praise South a lot, don't I? Yeah, look, I think you're probably just trying to, to do that so that you don't sound like you're being biased towards Penrith. Yeah, there is that possibility. I mean, we are the greatest <laughs> rugby league club on planet Earth. Yeah. Um, so I try not to not to be. No one stepped forward to try and take that mantle off you, so. Well, they talked about it, but then they stayed there in their shitty little fucking town that's not quite Wigan. Now, our next email. Do you have anything else to say on that, that one? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. That was all you. 
Now, <laughs> our, our next email. Oh man, our emails are starting to get juicy. Hey, it's so good. This is what we like. Emails. Our next email is from Armchair Expert, and the subject is bunker death. So this is obviously going to be about Hitler and Ava Braun and their German. Sure. Show. Cool. <clears throat> Hi, fellas. Do you guys see any problem with the power of the bunker to step in uninvited, being stripped back to the point where they say they're only allowed to interact with the game on invitation from the referee? I think that would be good. I'm yeah, I'd be fine with that. To be honest, I'd I'm not opposed to how they want to use the bunker. I just want them to be consistent with how they use it. So if they're going to have the bunker come in and be able to adjudicate um, before play restarts, then stop the game and let them do that. Don't pretend like you're going to do play on and then go, hang on, hang on, we're going to pull it back and change the scoreboard. That's fucking annoying. If you're going to look at it, stop the game, look at it, then we make a decision and go forward. We're not... It's almost like they're trying to delude themselves into thinking that we're not stopping the game by looking at it while everyone runs back to the 20-meter line and get ready to play on. The game is still stopped in that period. Yeah. And then when you decide to look at it, we stop the game anyway. That's that's it, zero difference. Yeah, so, it's weird. It's weird. Because so don't I, play they, on. They watch let's all it. just stand around and fucking decide and go, right, this is the decision. Now we play on. Yeah, and it's very strange because they'll watch it. They'll be like, oh, that wasn't a try. And then they'll stop everything, and then they'll look at it more. It's like, dude, just fucking tell us what you were thinking yeah. immediately. But they don't do that. I, I, at this point, I would strip away all the technology. It's all gone. I, I'm fucking yeah. over it. I'm so fucking over all of it. I'm sick just, of it. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'd, I'd like them to go back to, essentially, what we had when we started. And that was, the referee can't see something, and he thinks something happened. He tells the bunker, they look at it. That'd be it. If something happens in back play that the ref misses, he's missed it. Okay. Yeah. There's a thing that we used to have all the time before the bunker came in. And so I'm going back to the nineties. All right. The eighties where a, every game would be reviewed on tape. And if they found um, an illegal act happened in this match review, then they would cite a player, right? You've been cautioned. You need to come to the judiciary and we're going to give you a charge. There's no reason why they can't do that on the run. You don't need to stop it to say, right, you're going on report and then we play on. Just do that anyway without stopping the game. Mm. Yeah. We can still do that. We can still cite players after a game's been played. Um, the putting on report, the putting on report, right? It's not for the viewer. It's not for the no. players. It's for the fucking coaches. That's it. And there's, there's just no need for it. You can. Yeah. Half the time, like obviously a lot of the times it's going to happen on the spot because it could be a high tackle or something like that, so plays automatically stopped. A lot of them are going to be off the, you know, some, well, not a lot of them, some of them are going to be off the ball. And you don't need to stop the game for that if it's happened and plays already moved on. And it, the decision to put that person on report doesn't change what would have happened with the play anyway after that. So just fucking cite them after the game and do it there. There's no reason why you can't. Um, yeah, I... I just, I really, really hate the look of, obviously we saw it, was it two weeks ago when the Tigers had a try to Lua not even looked at, mm-hmm. not even considered, yet every other time that would happen, they look at it. 
And it's not about me being better. I don't care if I was awarded a try or not. It's more about the consistency. You look at every other one, look at that one. Uh, and the other one that I really hate is the scoreboard being changed after it's already been yeah. awarded. It's horrible. I fucking hate that. No one. No other sport. That. No other sport changes the scoreboard. The only the only time you see points taken off a board is when you're playing darts. Exactly right. Fucking dickheads. Um, I guess that might also back to the email from Armchair Expert. Oh, that's right. We're doing emails. Yes. I guess that might also include captain's challenges. Yeah, I'd get rid of those. They're fucking ridiculous. I hate them. Oh, they're so dumb. Um, hell, if the bunker stayed the hell out until asked, I'd even be okay with increasing the amount of captain's challenges to say two per game. No, I no captain's challenges. I hate them too. I can't do that. We got angry really quickly. This is cool. Oh, I fucking hate captain's challenge. Because <clears throat> what it does, it's it's teaching kids it's okay to tell an official that they're wrong. Yeah. The people who are officiating the game, it's it's giving you a green light to criticise the referee. I fucking hate that idea. I fucking I fucking hate captain's challenges and cushions. Anyway, just... And those be, those little signs from Kmart that say peace and love and happy hope, and nice and shit. Oh, you know what? My life was devoid of hope until I read your fucking stupid sign. <laughs> Thanks for your word, statue. Yeah. Anyway... I really needed that in my life. <laughs> Taking up space in front of a fucking TV. I don't need to see that shit. You know what? We should have signs like that for dudes. Yeah. What type of signs do you want around your house as a dude? That steak. Just, just a reminder. Steak. Hungry. <laughs> Wank. Anal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just be well, curious. That, to see. that got blue fast. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, just be curious to hear your thoughts because to me, this seems to be a perfect world, but maybe... I've not considered something here. I think your thoughts are, I think you've considered quite a lot in your email. Thanks for the pods. Unfortunately, COVID killed my financial situation quite a bit, but hopefully things will improve soon and I'll re-sign as a Patreon to try and repay for the years of award-winning entertainment insight. No, I'm chair expert. It's cool, man. If you get your money back and everything sorts out, you just keep your money because, you, you know, our Patreons, and I'm sure I speak for Andrew here, um, we're so grateful for the people that have signed up for our Patreon. And if ever Absolutely. you get, if ever you get to a point where you're like, man, I need those those extra dollars, it's totally cool. It really yeah. is totally cool. Yeah, no, we're not going to sit there and put shit behind paywalls and stuff to try and make you, you know, fork out your hard earned. Yeah, we know a lot of people, especially this, you know, the last two years. We both know that people have struggled with this bloody COVID bullshit, and that's why um, we've not been out there really pushing the whole Patreon thing because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have been struggling. We all have. So, you know, we've all just got to look after. As we're coming out of the whole COVID bullshit, got to look after ourselves and our families first before we start thinking about helping out, um, you know, what we're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, no pressure. Do it whenever yeah. you're keen, whenever you're fine, man. There's no just stress. Like, just fucking enjoy the podcast. Take it in. Breathe it in. I say this all the time too. If if you can't um if you can't donate to our patrons, the, the second best thing you can do, which is just as good, is share our Patreon stuff around. Or it, yeah, share it on just, Twitter, just, share on Facebook, share it everywhere. Just get that shit retweeted and and, and shared out everywhere. That's the yeah. second best thing you can do. 
Yeah, just share the fuck out of the podcast and that. that that's that heaps. That's heaps, heaps, heaps. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. here's one from one of your people. Uh, it's from I've got Ty- people. You've got people. It's from Tiger's Man. Oh. And the subject is depression. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be yeah. so good. Yeah, he's one of my people. Hello, fellas. Happy Monday as well as the Tigers fans. My question is, with the Tigers being an embarrassing franchise in Australian sport, how long until they either pull their finger out or be the first NRL club to be relegated in the modern era? Because after all, it's a new era. Why not start the new era in reserve grade being a feeder club for another club? I feel if the club doesn't start doing something about this issue, we will see a drastic change in supporters with kids supporting other teams that actually compete and win games. What will what will that do to our club in the very near future? Lots of love, Tigers, man. Kiss, kiss, kiss. I've got some bad news for you, Tigers, man, about that whole uh, argument there about the... Uh you know, members might be starting to drop off and stuff like that. I think it was announced by the West Tigers themselves just a day or two ago they hit 20,000 members for the year. Oh, dear God. They've always had a huge support base, always. And so because they've always got the fan numbers there, the NRL will always keep them around. Because they've got such a huge area that they cover through their own stupidity, because they won't nail themselves down to one area and develop that region, um, because they cover so many different areas, they're not going to get rid of them either. So I don't think the NRL is in the um, mindset of getting rid of teams, not in any capacity whatsoever. And the Tigers, um, they're financially okay. I can't say much about the the Balmain and the Magpie side of things, but um, the West Tigers as a club, they're, they're fine. They're not in any financial drama or anything like that. So um, the NRL's got no reason to get rid of them. They don't care how, many, how much they lose, evidenced by the fact they haven't played finals for a decade. They don't care. There's, they're under no threat. They know it. So there's no, no drama or worry about them being relegated or having their contract torn up or anything like that. Now, that's the last of our emails. And I believe you have a subject you want to address the audience on. Yeah, well, look, there was something that came up uh, from Peter Volandis. He's not happy, man. He's not happy. What um, happened? How, how many of them were taken out of the back and turned into glue? How many are we talking about here? Wow. Oh, was it about rugby league, is it? Well, let, let's assume it is. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, he's a bit pissed off because coaches are – you know, fighting a new way to slow down the ruck. And why are they trying to do that? Because the game was sped up. Why was the game sped up? Asked Peter Volandis. Mm-hmm. Um, so on on Twitter yesterday, I, I had a bit of a rant on there. And I know not all of our listeners uh, follow me on Twitter. That's fine. So I thought I'd just quickly go through it all on there. Okay. And I said, the game was once too fast. I'm talking early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, we remember what it was like. It was fucking oh, touch horrible. football. Touch footy, yeah. And what happened? The game didn't change um, as far as rules and stuff like that went. Wrestling came in. Mm-hmm. So the ruck got bogged down. You'd have two players in every tackle 
putting people on their backs, turning them around, slowing the play of the ball down so much that it took the speed out of the game. And so in order to get around that, we brought in a second referee, one to crack down on the ruck to get that shit out, and the other one to watch the rest of the rules. And by the way, the second referee, it was that was like the straw that broke the camel's back because even for like a decade leading up to that, there was talk of like, do we need a second referee in this game? I think the game's speeding up to a point where we need a second referee. Ah, you know, professional game, all that stuff, plays bigger, faster. Everyone, and then the wrestling stuff came in. I was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. And when when we went back to that, uh, when we was actually when we went to that two referees thing and we cleaned the ruck up a fair bit, especially from where it was going, we went back from having a, a game where, you know, Half your team were built like second rows who could play at centre. All of a sudden, we started getting unique body sizes and players became specialists in certain you know, certain fields and positions and stuff like that. And we started getting back to what rugby league was again. And you had teams playing differently instead of all doing the same sort of thing all the time. And so it got interesting again. And it got exciting again. Sure enough, things are going well until all of a sudden has decided that, you know, we, we needed to crack down on the ruck again. This is under Greenberg in his last, you know, few months there because it was starting to get messy again. So we had the referees do this massive crackdown, and obviously there were penalties galore. It's going to happen. And the game that, you know, broke the camel's back essentially was um, when the Sharks played the Storm. I don't know if you remember. There was something like 35 penalties in the game. It was the game where Cameron Smith got sin-binned. Yeah, I remember that. That was a catalyst because after that, we had people like Phil Gould going on about how they're killing the game and, you know, the penalties are destroying the game and people like Cameron Smith shouldn't be getting seen being and they've gone too far. They should only call the serious ones or the obvious ones, I think was his comment. Yeah. And the NRL were in a crossroads. They could either say, shut up the fuck up, Phil Gould. Okay, we're trying to clean the game up here. It doesn't involve you stay the fuck away, let us do what we're doing, or they go and do what they did, and that was they told the referees to ease up. And by doing that, they took all the authority away from referees, and they've not had it since. Mm-hmm. Greenberg got uh, got axed. The media went nuts about trying to get Volandis in. They fucking loved him hard. They got him in there, and he then went and changed the rules to speed the game up. I don't know why. Um, he then destroyed the whole, you know, possession thing so that it could actually be 60 to 65 to 35, you know, something like that. It could get so lopsided. It was getting away from being what rugby league was, which was, you know, fair ball for each team where you had to earn that extra possession to more like what rugby union was, where it was easy to just be fast out of dummy half and keep getting the opposition offside and get a six again and just keep rolling on forward down the field. And so that meant that the teams who were always ill-disciplined in the middle of the field and struggling to keep up, they were the ones constantly being hammered with set restarts. So essentially, the ruck was going to get slowed down, especially when you only had one referee on the field now because you got rid of one ref. Mm -hmm. So you had less eyes on the ruck to police it. Sure enough, this year's come along and teams have gone fuck that shit from the last two years. We're going to start slowing down the ruck again. And it's not through wrestling. There's not weird grapple holds and shit like that. It's just 
slowing down the play of the ball, mm-hmm. hands on the ball, or you know, keeping a, holding a player down for as long as possible, that sort of shit. That's all it's doing. Um, and so, yeah, we're in a situation where it's like, almost like Peter Valandis is, is learning what we've already been through before because he's too stupid to have sat through and actually understood it all in the first place. Um, yeah, so I pretty much just called him a, a fucking idiot and adult. <laughs> on on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Yes. That's it. Uh, what was it I said? He, and here we are back at square one, and this fucking pop plan is still fucking clueless as to how this happened. You irritating buffoon, you ignorant, egotistical fucking dolt. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Now, I, I believe there was a, another issue you had, and it <laughs> involved a um, a journalist. Oh, yeah. I've been busy. Yeah. What the fuck, Andrew? I've, I've been busy. Here um, I am, greasing wheels for once in my life, and you're out there fucking burning bridges. I'm just destroying shit here. Um, what is it, Andrew Webster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one. Um, what, what did he fucking say? I can't remember it now. Uh, I remember having a crack about a few things. He wrote an article recently. Yes. Here it is. And this is, this is the line he had, which everyone's been having a crack at him about. Okay. He says, I know it doesn't suit the TikTok 140 characters or less crispy cream make me feel good right now generation, but defense is not a bad thing. Now, as writers, yeah, his article is about how defense is not a bad thing. Yes, and that he he claims is the point of his whole article is that defense is not a bad thing. Yeah, but given that that is just a handful of words, yeah, seven words, and the TikTok 140 characters or less Krispy Kreme make me feel good right now generation, mm-hmm. he's not saying that that's a young people either. But he calls it a generation. Yeah. So he's obviously specifically making it something to do with someone who's younger than him because he's talking about things that are more for the younger generation. And to be fair, most people are younger than him. True. Um, but he's taken, just with the sentence structure, he's taken the purpose of the whole point and the argument he's making away from defence is not a bad thing in rugby league to him wanting to attack younger people. Yeah. Why would you do that? I, I don't know. I've I've got no idea, and it. I mean, it completely obviously, ruins the point he's trying to make. Whether you believe, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah. You can't argue a rugby league argument that you're trying to put there if you're abusing people in the middle of it that has zero to do with your argument. And and here's the thing, right? Who are the people that keep on? banging on and on and fucking on and on and on in the fucking media every fucking day that the game's too slow we need more attack it's fucking old men it's old men the same old men in the media yeah you say that say all the time all the time oh man it's it's crazy there's zero self-reflection there's and there's this disconnect 
Uh, like, I don't, I can't believe that these people have such a disconnect. I can actually, because they're journalists. That's all they do. Yeah. They just disconnect themselves from society and tut everyone and sit in ivory fucking towers, thinking that they hover above the rest of the world, giving their stupid thoughts and opinions through their corporate fucking outlets. Well, I hope they keep on it. It's great for the rest of us. I hope they fucking do it until it's all done and dusted. I agree. But he spent, apparently he spent the best part of several hours on Twitter for the last day and a half defending his comments and constantly attacking people because I had a go at him over that that line there. Yeah. No one's read the rest of his fucking article. Yeah. you got to be that careful, his point? Man. Was that his point? Uh, like, well, look, I, look, I don't get it. And then he, he considers himself a journalist. So that is the dumbest way of going about things I've ever seen. Yeah, Every now and then, when I, I finally decided who the shittest fucking journalist is in this country, another one of these fucking dickheads turns up and does something dumber than the rest, and all of a sudden I've got to go, oh, fuck, now it's not him anymore. But it's still Bulldog Richie. He's very close. <laughs> he's he's always in the bottom two. <laughs> but just when I'm about to put him up a rank, bam, he, mm. does, a, he does something dickheadish again, and back down he goes. True. It's, uh, it's weird. It, it's, you know... The, the worst people for saying the game needs changed are the media mouthpieces in the corporate press, and they do it every single fucking day, yep. nonstop. That, non-stop. you know, and so I just, you can't, it's not young people. Young people are saying, please stop fucking with the game. The game was good, yeah. and you fucked with it. Put it back, put it back, put it back. And then when they half put it back, it's like, okay, just stop. And then we've had, there's been nothing wrong with the football over the last month of the competition. Not one goddamn thing, you know? And if a team can't score points, it's not the fault of the rules. It's the fault of the team. It's also not the fault of the uh, Krispy Kreme make me feel good right now generation. I don't what? know what he's getting at with that. I don't understand the Krispy Kreme part of it all. Like, it's does a- he think that? Young people just eat Krispy Kremes or something. It's probably more of a reflection on him. Um, it makes get, the game a contest, and I'd rather a contest than the cheap sugar hit of a runaway try every five minutes. We never asked for constant try scoring all the time. If you have a look on Twitter, you fucking dickhead, you'll see we were whinging about the fucking blowout scorelines all the time. You dickheads in the media were bitching about us whinging about the fucking blowout scorelines all the time. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like it, it's what they wanted, and that like, look between you and me and, and all the people we've had on the podcast that have talked about this, we've seen enough of this stuff that's on Twitter to know that people that are on Twitter fucking hated the blowout score lines, and yeah. like I had Jack Martin on yesterday. We're both Panthers fans, right? And we're talking about the Panthers' victory last year. And we both agreed that last year was the worst year of rugby league we'd seen in our lives. It just was. It was horrible. It was terrible. Terrible. It got so hard to be motivated to watch rugby league this year because of it. Yeah, and thankfully, the game starts and it's like, oh, this game's good. Oh, this game's good. Oh, look at this. You know, and it, it was great. This, the game's been good this year. We've had three games that have been real bludges, and they were on Saturday. The the Tigers game, I know that wasn't great, but the, I watched the Super Saturday games last round, and, I mean, they were all bludges. But it's fine. They've been surrounded by real quality football. 
and teams having to really play to win. And I, I just don't understand. And the problem is that these journalists talk amongst each other and they don't mingle with the rest of fucking humanity. So all they get is each other's opinions and then they sit back and they'll be like, oh, it's the kid's fault. It's like, fuck off. Just so fucking stupid. So it stupid. Really is. It really, really is. It's so, un- yeah, that's it. I was going to say, that's, uh, that's, that's what I've been up to is I've, I finally found my groove again. I'm, I'm back in a bit of form. I'm bitching about PVL and I'm attacking journos on Twitter. See, this is the thing. People consider me to be the angry one out of us both. But it's really <laughs> you. You're the angry one. I'm the one who does all the rants. I'm the one who's <laughs> getting blocked by journos all the time just because I call them call them out for the shit things I do. I don't even go out of my way to try and call them assholes or dickheads or anything like that. I'm not trying to be aggressively rude or you know disrespectful to them, but I am going to tell them that they're stupid for what they're doing, and I'll tell them why. Um, yeah, they've got to be better. Well, there is, especially yeah. the way it is now. I mean, I could I put out two rugby league annuals now mm-hmm. by the website and got a ton of a ton of top quality writers on there mm-hmm. who don't work for um, any of the mainstream media organisations, and it was not hard. And they're different writers both times, and I've got more coming for the next one. So there's so many decent, top quality, good analysts and good rugby league minds and good opinion writers out there. We don't need the mainstream media anymore. So stop reading that shit because that's all it is. It's shit. Yeah. I, look, I've I've stopped reading it this year. Like compl- when I say I've stopped reading it, I mean completely. Like there's stuff that comes up in the mainstream media that I don't even know has happened because I just don't read it. Um, every so often I'll see a headline. Like there was some... There was some uh, News Limited website followed me not long ago, and I didn't realise it was a News Limited website, so I followed it back. I thought it's a new rugby league website, you know. Turned out it was a News Limited one. So I saw, started seeing the News Limited writers' articles come up in this feed. So, and like today I said, with there was something that Paul Kent said. I was like, I just wrote back, Paul Kent's a goof, <laughs> you know, because that, that's all it is. It's... um. They're just—it's completely irrelevant. And as we've said a million times on a podcast, they're outsiders. They are not connected to the game. They are not—they're not inside of the game. They're not—they're complete outsiders looking in, because no one in the game wants anything to do with them. And that's why they don't get—that's why they fucking rarely get fucking good interviews with players one on one or coaches one on one. They have to sit at the press conference where the, the coaches and players are forced to go to. And it, it's, you know, they're outsiders looking in. And I, I just hope they continue because the best thing for the podcast, the best thing for independent rugby league outlets is for these fucking people in the corporate media just to keep doing their corporate media shit. Their shit. That's, that's right. Um, so, yeah, that's my ranting done. I, I've got all my points out there that I needed to. That's good. That's good. Um, now, I feel like there was one other thing that we were going to talk about on the podcast. Something happened. What the hell was it? Ah, uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. 
the women's NRLW grand final is coming up. Yes. Um, now the, the we saw that the I'm actually going to go to Palmer Bet again. We'll see the price for that game. That's fascinating. But this is you know last time we spoke about how Parramatta. Um, were sitting in third place and they choked so hard that they got the Roosters from fifth place into the finals. Yes. The Roosters are now in the grand final. That yeah, it's could pretty, have, that could have been Parramatta. It's pretty crazy, hey? It's very crazy. Now I'm trying to find the NRLW. I'm trying to find it. Come on, Rugby League World Cup, Australia, England. Hang on. I know that they. It's it'll be here somewhere. I'm just not. I'm not looking at the fucking thing. Australian Rugby League, Rugby League Challenge Cup, Rugby League Challenge Cup. Here it is. Okay, here we go. So the St. George Illawarra women's team, uh, head-to-head, they're at $1.65, so they're favourites. The Sydney Roosters women are at $2.25. And the line, the Sydney Roosters women get their two-and-a-half-point head start. There's been a bit of money for that on Palmer Bet. So it's $1.85 that's coming to the two-and-a-half-point handicap is $1.96 for the Dragons. I have a feeling the Dragons are going to put it on the Roosters in this game. I think the Dragons have been highly touted for some time. They haven't been able to get it done, and I feel like this is just, you know, the Broncos are out the way. I feel like they're going to, they're going to romp home against the Roosters. Yeah, the Roosters... What they're going to struggle with is trying to score points because that Dragons defense is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm thinking the Dragons should should do this and probably comfortably as well. And the Dragons, the cool Sorry, thing about the cool thing about the Dragons Club is that they really committed to this WNRL competition. So to see them win it would be really cool. I think I think it'd be really cool. They're a team I like watching play the game. Uh, they've got a they're a very very good team too. Like um, so yeah, I I just think that they're going to be too good in this one. No, fully agree. Um, I guess that wraps this one up. Yeah, pretty much. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to the podcast. I hope that uh, they haven't been. Uh, too scared of Andrew just banging his fists on the desk, and I know all the interns running out the room and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, they they see me talking about Andrew Webster, they'll start to cower in the corner. I saw I saw at least two of them spit their Krispy Kreme out when you started ranting about that. <laughs> it's probably because I started throwing golf balls at them. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that rage out. At least you're not. You know, cutting parts of yourself off with a knife during the podcast. That was kind of creepy. <laughs> I I do that while I look at them. If I'll do this to me, what do you think I'm going to do to you? Gets them every time, man. Gets them every time. Yeah. I'm just glad that employment law doesn't really cover interns. It's fantastic. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, Andrew, um, if someone were to want to get in contact with us through social media channels. How would they go about doing that? The best way is to go via uh, Twitter or Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, um, some other website we don't use. So uh, check us out on all of those. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, all those sort of things. 
Um, first, so check us out on the website, Freaky. Yes, the website is furgoandthefreak.com. You can find every single one of our podcasts on that website. Uh, you can also go and check out all the guests we've had, which is really cool. And you can also check out all of the history episodes that we've done. We've done so many history episodes. The cool thing is that you can sit down and listen to them at any point because it's history, man. History ages really well, like a fine wine. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Or maybe like a fine donut. Donuts don't age well, though, do they? That's true. Neither do journalists. On that note, uh, thanks for tuning, everyone. Um, Thank you to Palmerbet. Always remember Mm. to gamble responsibly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.